Let's get started. Who can take your money? Who can take your money? With a twinkle in their eye. A twinkle in their eye. Take it all away and give it to some other guy. The government. <laughs> the government can. And who can tax the sunrise? Who can tax the trees? Who can tax the trees? Let you run a business and collect up all the fees. The government. Oh, the government can. The government can. And the government can, cause they mix it up with lies and make it all taste good. Government takes everything we make to pay for all of their solutions. Like healthcare, climate change, pollution. Just throw away the Constitution. I wrote that, thank you. Who can give a bailout? Tell us to behave. And make the founding fathers roll over in their grave. The go- I don't care if you hate me, I'm gonna sing it anyway. Oh, the government can. And the government can. Cause they mix it up with lies and make it all yummy, 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 yummy. The government takes everything we make. They're all. Cut the crap. How many times a day do you want to say that to politicians, the elite, the loony liberals, the fake news media, and the gender-confused, emotional socialist snowflake crowd? Cut the crap is your secret weapon for fighting for our freedoms and our great republic. It all begins with a massive mental enema, freeing you from the toxic news and politically correct views, which constipate your consciousness with stinking thinking. Your host, Joe Von Hutton Pulitzer, known for calling out politicians and telling them to cut the crap. You've seen him on virtually every television network and listen to him on Coast to Coast Radio. And now he's here to help you learn to fight for America. Culture, race, and American politics, they all have one thing in common. They all need to cut the crap. Now, here's your host, Joe Von Hutton Pulitzer. Hey there, folks. Welcome to the program, Cut the Crap. Yep. C-R-A-P, Cultural Race in American Politics. That's why I named my program this, because that's all the crap we have to deal with. And many times we just want to reach out to our politicians, grab them by the lapels and say, cut the crap. Well, here we are. And the newest, I don't know, is it crap? Is it a blessing? whatever the case may be, but now we've got to replace a broken speaker. It'll be interesting to see after a step back view of this, of course, you know that Kevin McCarthy was voted out as speaker. And it is the first time in American history this has happened. And let's take a look around it, right, to see where you come down on it, see the pros and cons, see what everybody's saying about it. Do me a favor. Will you, I know you want to give the system this finger. Will you give them this finger? Will you just share this, right? Boom, boom, boom. Will you just share this? And I know there's all kinds of things going around, like President Trump possibly becoming speaker. That's, 
not what we're going to talk about today. We're going to just talk about this from the fact of a historic event. Mr. Hater on Rumble wants to know which finger. I don't know. You could be this finger or it could be this finger. Sometimes you got to give them both fingers, but at least give them this finger and share the program, right? And share the program. Let's look at this as a, from a historical perspective, shall we, right? Um, the last time this type of issue called a motion to vacate was voted on was in 1910. And it was in an effort to boot a uh, Republican from Illinois, then Speaker Joseph Cannon. It failed, but it did uh, spark a tremendous amount of procedural votes that ended up weakening Mr. Cannon. So, right. So there's good, bad, and different to, to all of this. And so I'm going to just take it through the process real quick. So you have everything from a historical standpoint, so you understand it. And then what I'm going to do is we're going to go through the various media clips. We're going to look at it immediately before it. And then we're going to look all the way around at all the different uh, views that are going on. And let's see if we can arrive at uh, at least a genuine feeling of what we feel. So you know that Matt Yates, Republican Florida, introduced a motion Monday night to remove Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who's a Republican, California. So remove him from the top position of the House. So this was the second speaker in U.S. history to face a motion to vacate. And it is the very first time, very first time, it has been successful. Patrick McHenry, a Republican, North Carolina, who is in fact a McCarthy supporter, uh, he was named temporary speaker under House rules and a permanent speaker will be elected later and hopefully quick. So here's what happened. Gates basically made a move uh, to what they call table the motion, okay? Uh, and so it was needed and needed to get a majority vote. Now that particular motion, failed. A motion to table. A motion to table is to stop and not talk about it, which means the people, our legislators, wanted it to continue. So you throw it out and you give them the ability to say, nope, we're going to table it. So you're voting on tabling it first. And so in the motion to table, which of course they didn't table, uh, there were uh, on the Republican side, 218 people voting on the uh, for no. On uh, the yeses, there was 208, by the way. There were seven that didn't vote and two vacancies, right? Two vacancies. I didn't know Biden was in the room. You know, he counts twice as being totally vacant. No, I digress. So the, the majority vote, because it won not to table it, now allowed it to go forward. This is all about procedure. You got to do it on procedure or they're going to screw with you, right? So this was now the motion to vacate, okay? So the yeses were 216, the noes 210, two vacancies, and seven did not vote. Therefore, McCarthy was ousted, okay? Now, a motion to vacate works like this. 
basically it got created by previous speakers to uh, allow things to be or speakers to be removed and to change the law. Recent rule change, by the way, allowed this. And so they were allowed to do this file a motion to vacate and force the speaker out of the position. In fact, it was part of the terms that uh, McCarthy agreed to right at the beginning because so many people did not think he would do the right thing. And so in the negotiation, because everything's a negotiation, instead of just blindly trusting him, the people that voted him in or compromised to vote him in, let's say, made sure this this particular clause was active, right? And so the House has 48 hours or two legislative days to act on a motion, and the House has 435 members. Total, a simple majority of 218 was needed to pass the motion, but there were two vacancies in the House, which means 217 were needed to remove McCarthy. The Republicans have 221 seats. The Democrats have 212. That's how it comes down, okay? And so remember, a majority vote of 218 was needed. 217, uh, because there were two vacancies, 217 was the actual number of majority needed. Uh, but because of uh, change in numbers, it, it ended up that it could pass with 216, okay? So uh, out of this, McCarthy's gone, right? So as I said, in 1910, first time this was thrown out there and actually voted on, that's key, and actually voted on was Joe Cannon from Illinois, Republican from Illinois, and it failed, so he stayed there. Historically, it it. In 1997, it happened to Newt Gingrich. Not that there was a vote. Not there was a vote. There was only one time in 1910 that it was a vote. But in 1997, it was floated out there, right? It was out there. It was considered and not used in 1997 against Newt Gingrich the net effect, though, was in 1998, Newt Gingrich resigned. And then two, uh, and 2015, a motion to remove John Bohr. Remember the fellow that always cried? Republican Ohio. Um, it failed after being sent to the House Rules Committee. The House actually did not vote on it, but because Bohr knew he had lost confidence, right? He resigned. Now, why is the House Speaker important? Here's the simple connection. The Speaker of the House is elected every two years. They're considered one of the most powerful roles in government. They are second in line of presidential succession behind the vice president. Most people don't realize that. If there was something to go wrong and the president was out and the vice president was out, it's the speaker of the house that becomes the default president. Get it? 
Also, the Speaker manages the House of Representatives, manages the House calendar, decides, here's key, decides which bills are brought to the floor and setting the legislative agenda. I want you to understand that one statement. You can have the most fantastic bill in the world that really needs to be done. Let's say like voting on one day, voting only on paper, blah, 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 blah. You get my point. If the Speaker of the House does not want to even deal with it, talk about it, or look at it, the Speaker of the House, one sole person, has the ability to make sure it never gets heard. And that's by never bringing them to the floor. I want you to understand that's a tremendous amount of power. It also brings lawmakers to their knees, figuratively figuratively and literally, right? And angrily, forcefully, and fellatioy, if you get what I mean, because they want to try to placate the Speaker of the House. And so they play a very key role in the House, the Senate, and the President And so that's it. They serve as the leader of the majority of the House. That's the whole historical background of all of this stuff. Okay? So I've always told you for over more than the last two years is we are living history. And this is another day, another issue, right? Right? Many of you saying over, Jim saying over and get her kiss the ring or else. Yeah, it's kind of popish, isn't it? One person, kiss the ring or else. So you're, you're, you're watching history. And as I say every day, you're participating in part of history. And this is a good thing, not necessarily a bad thing. And so now it's happened. The eight Republicans who voted to oust McCarthy were Representative Andy Biggs of Arizona, Representatives Ken Buck of Colorado, Representative Tim Burchett of Tennessee, Representative uh, Eli Crane of Arizona, Representative Matt Gates of Florida, Representative Bob Good of Virginia, Representative Nancy Mace of South Carolina, Representative Matt Rosedale of Montana. So those are the people that cast these votes. So as we begin our journey today, let's now... Look at this all the way around, all sides, media, pros, cons, and whatever, and let's see where we end up on this. And yes, many of you realize that McCarthy slow rolled on subpoena or requesting subpoenas or slow walked oversight or just like we experienced in Arizona with the full forensic audit, they they wouldn't subpoena or they had uh, the bad board of supervisors backed up against the wall to the point they could have been put in jail. Which should have happened. But the ones in power decided not to do it. Those are your speakers, folks. Here is Mr. McCarthy just prior 
to removal. Well, if, if I counted how many times someone wanted to knock me out, I would have been gone a long time ago. So you yes. Yes. Can you explain a little bit about why do it today? I mean, the idea that you why not? Rip, the, rip the Band-Aid <laughs> off here or what? Well, why not? You know, um, Look, I think Matt has planned this all along. It didn't matter what we transpired. You know, he would have done it if we were in shutdown or not. Um, I firmly believe it's the right decision to keep government open, to make sure our military is still paid, our border agents are still paid. And if that makes a challenge based upon whether I should be speaker, I'll take that fight. So you're calling his bluff? Yeah. What was your conversation like with Mr. Jeffries? Why did you call him? Well, I have to talk to Jeffries about a lot of things. We, we talk every... Uh, Every week. We talk sometimes during the week. We've got some issues going on, the Bowman. I want I always try to let him know what's going to be coming to the floor and others. And my my only conversation with Jeffries, I got a lot of respect for him, you know. You guys do whatever you need to do. Um, I get politics, I understand where people are. I truly believe though the institution of the house. At the end of the day, if you throw a speaker out that has ninety nine percent of their conference that kept government open and paid the troops, I think we're in a really bad place for how we're going to run Congress. So are you expecting Democrats to back you up then? No, I, I personally am not. Do you need their help to remain in leadership? No. Um, if five if five Republicans go with Democrats, then I'm out. So it's what it's it's that whether. Probably so. It, it, this is a bit of a complex piece of algebra here because you don't know what the attendance, you don't know what the present votes. I mean, tell me why you're so confident based on what the mathematical equation is. Because I live in America. No, I know, but, but I mean, this is no. a serious. It is a serious question. Issue. Have you ever? Okay, take the current situation out. Have you ever come to me on no matter what you thought I couldn't solve that I wasn't confident? I'm not questioning I, your confidence. <laughs> but but you're asking answer. why I'm confident because who I am and I just don't give up. So there are obstacles in my life. I have fallen many times. There was a time I, I was gonna be speaker and I couldn't and you guys all counted me out. I'm speaker. I'm the 55th speaker of the house. You're confident that government was gonna shut down. You were confident the debt ceiling wouldn't get done. But each and every time, I, if it's an obstacle, I view it as a challenge and we're gonna solve the what challenge. Many of you are saying, as I watch the comments, that McCarthy's lies have caught up with him. You see a very confident man there, right? I would say arrogantly confident. And in my own personal opinion, I saw a man that compromised, 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 compromised. But, but you see, he's playing on the heartstrings. He's, he became the full-fledged politician, but I decided to pay the troops. This is all keywording crap. By the way, that crap shouldn't be combined together anyway. I hate that so many things are rolled together in one little package, but it's about creating compromises, right? And it compromises us. But you see a man there that uh, I believe have compromised for us, that politicians... And, and look, I said long ago that I believe in the United States of America. If we're going to get this fixed, we need a business person who can run a business, run a major corporation to come in and do it. And that was Donald Trump. And I was saying that long before Donald Trump even ever popped up on the scene. And you see what happened. And so McCarthy played buzzwords there to play with your feels. And I paid the troops and whatever. 
that's a Democrat talking point, right? That's a, a Democrat talking point. So that's how he was just prior to removal. Uh, here's uh, Rep. Burchett, who voted against McCarthy or, or said out loud in advance he was going to vote against him. Here's what the news was saying uh, early in the morning. On that note, the question, of course, is if he's ousted, who would replace Kevin McCarthy? Are there any names being floated that you've heard? <clears throat> well, um, I'm joined off to my side here by Chip Roy. He'd be a wise choice, but I'm sure now he's scared that I've said his name. He's probably going to look under his car before he starts it as he walks out of here. But and no, did he say if he's going to vote to oust McCarthy? No, ma'am. No, he hasn't. I haven't asked anybody, honestly. I don't. I'm not polling people. I'm just going to do what's right for me. I think that's part of the problem with this town. We look to see what's going to pass instead of doing what our conscience tells us to do. That's why we're $33 trillion in debt, honestly. I mean, we, we, we pass these monstrosity omnibus bills, and then we check down to see, oh, there's, there's, my, there's the stuff I need, or there's the lobbyist I need degrees, and then we vote for the bill, and then there's, you know, over 2,000 pages of, of Nancy Pelosi, we got to pass it to a know what's in it kind of stuff. And, and here we are. We, we said we we're going to be different and we're not. Yeah. I think that very well summed it up. These lawmakers look to see if on their Christmas list, if they got the president they wanted, and if that president's there, because that's how they measure themselves, their favors. It's not what's great for America. So I think he summed it up quite well. I do have, I want to, that's on news, right? That's on on news. Uh, I want you to hear directly from Burchett why he was voting the way he was. Hey, everybody, Tim Burchett. Today will be a uh, vote on motion to vacate the chair, which is the speakership. And my thought process is like this. Kevin McCarthy is my friend, and I hate to lose him as a friend, but I had choice between that and my conscience and what my conscience tells me to do. My conscience tells me that we're $33 trillion in debt. We took off the whole month of August knowing that September was going to come around. That's every year, the end of our uh, budgetary year, fiscal year, and there is no urgency. And then we just do a continued resolution, kicking the can 45 days down the road, and then that will be right up against the Thanksgiving holiday, and then we'll we'll put in a uh, an omnibus, which is a big bill, more spending, more grease, more lobbyists, and more special interest. And the big boys will stay in power, and at some point we just got to say enough is enough, folks. I hate losing Kevin as a friend, but I I worry about losing our country in all sincerity. We are um, we are rapidly approaching that point, and. You know, yesterday, House floor, uh, we got here, we started late, we voted to name a, a post office, and that's our urgency right now. We're at 42 days, we haven't had a meeting on the budget or anything. We have a budget committee. Jody Arrington out of Texas has a budget. He's given, he gave his little 10 minutes in conference, and they gave him the golf clap and sent him on his way, and nobody in leadership is talking about a budget. We are going to face financial ruin right now. Um, and I'll leave you with one thing. And I talked to Kevin the last uh, last week. The last thing he said was, I really want to be speaker. And folks, it's got to be more than 
than that. We've got to save our country. And that's that's why I'm going to vote the way I am. Come hell or high water, I realize I'll catch on all sides. And it might cost me my job, but I do honestly and all sincerity think that this country is worth To me, uh, uh, just being transparent with you, tingles went up my spine. That's how a politician should speak and think. And yes, we're going to lose our country. But he laid it all out there. Look, with all this pressing business, what they really did was vote on the naming of a post office. And then all of the things to fix the bill, to get fixed the budget and everything else, McCarthy wasn't letting him go to the floor. So there you have an inside peek. Now we're going to hear what McCarthy was saying just prior when he was doing his media interview. Burchett, by the way, is from Tennessee. And as somebody obviously focused on America, not playing politics, here is what McCarthy made the rounds on, knowing this was potentially coming up, trying to sing his rah-rah-ism. But I want to let you know, everything he lists here actually didn't make it as a bill. Pay attention. Everything he lists here as pushing through and a great success did not become a bill. Gates is trying to work with Democrats. He's reached out to Swalwell, to AOC, and others. But You come right out of the bat and look who he's tying. Guilt by association. He's reached out to Swalwell. Was that AOC? No, Swalwell. I'm sorry. He reached out to Swalwell and AOC. See how they try to do this guilt by association? Get uh, you as a Republican to go, what? Again, politics and action. Gates is trying to work with Democrats. He's reached out to Swalwell, to AOC and others. But if that's the way we're going to govern, I don't think America is going to be successful. Look, at the end of the day, think of everything we've been able to accomplish so far. Parents' Bill of Rights. We passed the most conservative bill to protect our border, make America energy independent. We've been able to cut $2 trillion in the debt ceiling, get work requirements back in. The hard part we have right now is yeah. the Senate has not passed one appropriation bill. Each body's supposed to pass 12. We've passed more than 70% of the discretionary spending already. Are we energy independent again? Did I miss something? Yeah. I missed this bullshit actually being real. Gates is trying to work with Democrats. He's reached out to Swalwell, to AOC, and others. But if that's the way we're going to govern, I don't think America is going to be successful. Look, at the end of the day, think of everything we've been able to accomplish so far. Parents' Bill of Rights. We passed the most conservative bill to protect our border, make America energy independent. We've been able to cut $2 trillion in the debt ceiling, get work requirements back in. The hard part we have right now is yeah. the Senate has not passed one appropriation bill. Each body's supposed to pass 12. We've passed more than 70% of the discretionary spending already. Am I just hallucinating or didn't, under his tenure, 
didn't we have the single largest illegal mass invasions of illegals ever and combined and more than decades of illegals? What, 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 what? Gates is trying to work with Democrats. He's reached out to Swalwell, to AOC and others. But if that's the way we're going to govern, I don't think America is going to be successful. Look, at the end of the day, think of everything we've been able to accomplish so far. Parents' Bill of Rights. We passed the most conservative bill to protect our border, make America energy independent. We've been able to cut $2 trillion in the debt ceiling, get work requirements back in. The hard part we have right now is yeah. the Senate has not passed one appropriation bill. Each body is supposed to pass 12. We've passed more than 70% of the discretionary spending already. It is my belief since the fiasco of 2020, that your eyes are open and you now see how they rely on key word bullshit. And this is exactly why you have to do your homework, be involved, be politically involved. Remember, they shamed us into don't discuss religion and politics. And that's why they do it. Because if you did it by soundbite, you would think, well, the Republicans, the most successful people on the planet right now, since McCarthy's been there. Here's the dim view. And I guess that could be with both an I or an E. We're standing behind our leader, Hakeem Jeffries. He is the person that should be Speaker of the House. And there is reason after reason to uh, to just let Republicans deal with their with their own problems. I mean, they can let them wallow in their pigsty of incompetence and inability to govern. They are they are destroying our institution. What does that, that mean? Does that, does that mean voting present? Like, how is this no, going to play out? We are we are not voting in any way that would help save Speaker McCarthy. So but either present or voting against impact, him. This does impact Democrats in a sense, right? I mean, you guys are trying to fund the government. You're trying to pass the farm bill. You're this trying to pass a Democratic the problem. As much as anybody out here might want to make it a Democratic problem, this is not a Democratic problem. This is a Republican problem. They supposedly have the majority. They should be able to pick their own speaker. Our speaker is Hakeem Jeffries. It always has been. It, it was for 15 rounds. It will continue to be. So does that mean... I'm here that just nobody trusts Kevin McCarthy. Nobody trusts Kevin McCarthy. Nobody trusts Kevin McCarthy. And why should we? He has broken his commitment over and over again. And it's not just the deal with President Biden. It's not just the Ukraine funding, which apparently was also a deal, but then it wasn't a deal on, you know, unless we secure the border. It's also going back to January 6th. And I think for a lot of us, we we were here. It is still deeply emotional for us because it is about our country. It's about why we came to Congress. And Kevin McCarthy stood on the House floor and said one thing and then talked to Donald Trump and immediately did something else. He has supported the insurrectionist president that enabled January 6th to happen and tried to obstruct the peaceful transfer of power. So th there are a lot of reasons to not trust Kevin McCarthy. You could probably go back before January 6th, but certainly January 6th uh, was was a, a really key example and the most recent history of how he's governed as speaker. Got a question for you. Simple question. Close your ears if you're sensitive. How in the hell did we ever trust any of these motherfuckers? Total garbage on both sides. Total fucking manipulation garbage. Now, I say when all your lawmakers just fill you with garbage, yeah, you got to clean it up, right?
Are you kidding? Every time I hear Joaquin Jeffries, <laughs> it's very funny. But here he is. Jeffries just spoke a second ago. Let's listen House to that. House Democrats are going to continue to put people over politics and to fight to make life better for everyday Americans. From the very beginning, that has been our objective. We're going to make life better for everyday Americans. Men, stand up over here. We're going to cut your dick off. Ladies, you go over here. We're going to cut your tits off. We're going to make America better because we're going to be more tolerant. We're going to have more sex partners than ever. Toddlers over in the corner over here. Sign up and get ready. Yeah, right, Democrats. Jeffries just spoke a second ago. Let's listen to that. Democrats are going to continue to put people over politics and to fight to make life better for everyday Americans. From the very beginning, that has been our objective. And it will continue to be our sole focus, delivering for the American people. We encourage our Republican colleagues who claim to be more traditional to break from the extremists in the chaos, in the dysfunction, in the extremism. We are ready, willing and able to work together with our Republican colleagues, but it is on them to join us to move the Congress and the country forward. Isn't it rather sobering to realize that once we're finally paying attention because of what happened in 2020, we all knew it, but I'm talking about how clear we see just how bad these motherfuckers lie nonstop to us. Is it just me? When I look at this and go, wow, they really believe their shit. They're really good at conning us. Here is one of the Republicans that is or was or saying he's with McCarthy. The vote's going to be with Kevin McCarthy. And I think that we have the vast majority of, the, of our conference is with Kevin McCarthy. Again, it's uh, seven or eight Republicans. They voted with all of the Democrats to oust the Republican Speaker of, of the House. And if you listen to Matt Gates real closely, really at the closing, at his closing argument, he talked about a coalition. Well, what is this coalition? The coalition is going to have to include the Democrats. So, yeah, I've got serious issues with uh, with Matt Gates and what he just did, not only to the Republican Party, but to this nation, because it's the Republican Party that is standing for fiscal responsibility. It's the Republican Party under Kevin, Kevin McCarthy that actually reduced our deficit by $2 trillion. It's the Republican Party under Kevin McCarthy that's actually restoring normal order in the House of Representatives. And now it's been torpedoed by uh, none other than Matt Gates. Uh, the Congressman, thank you. Shame by association. There's only eight people, and they voted with the Democrats. We saved $2 trillion. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I may be wrong on this. It was money set aside for something for COVID, for the pandemic, which had a timeline in it. The timeline could have been voted on to renew, but they just said, no, we're not going to renew the timeline. How did that save us $2 trillion? Isn't that kind of like saying, I didn't shit on you. I just fart. I just farted really close to you. But I didn't shit on you. 
Um, it's amazing with my new ears and my new eyes what I see. And I have to tell you, it is laughable. It is freaking laughable how we've allowed this to go on. It is freaking laughable what these people say and do. Here's a shitty little shift's view. Being in the mood in there. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to uh, uh, discuss internal caucus, but uh, I can tell you my own view, which is Kevin McCarthy is not trustworthy. Uh, we don't trust him. Their own conference doesn't trust him. Uh, we've just lurched from crisis to crisis uh, with him as speaker. And uh, they need to choose someone that has the ability to govern because it's not him. Uh, and we don't feel um, that it's in the best interest of the country to have the House of Representatives continue to lurch from crisis to crisis. So I hope they can uh, choose someone that uh, has the capability of at least um, getting us uh, into a more productive session in the House. But clearly, it's not Kevin McCarthy. So you predict that Kevin McCarthy will not be the speaker by the end of today? Well, I don't know where the Republican votes are. Um, but it's certainly my feeling that Democrats should not um, enable uh, such an untrustworthy partner as Kevin McCarthy. Are you confident that Democrats will not save Kevin McCarthy? Well, I know I'm going to vote against him. Isn't that funny? We're listening to that shift-faced motherfucker talking about trust. If we had a liar-in-chief, you're right, that would be it. If we had a liar-in-chief, that would be it. Okay, now, now we're going to get into the vote. Now we're going to, that, that's all predecessor stuff. So now you've looked all the way around the equation from all sides, et cetera, right? And we're going to now look at the vote, see what's said afterwards, then we'll discuss it a little bit. Before I do that, uh, a few things I want to make sure that you have, right? One, uh, you know, I'm Phil DeGreens, Brickhouse Nutrition, the folks that make our program possible. I'm doing this lean, weight loss. I've never done a weight loss product before in my life for any reason. Never have. Never. I, I, I've never really trusted them. Never really been interested in them. But because I had a relationship with Brickhouse, they reached out and said, we want to tell you what we're doing. And so I got this massive education on what you've seen all over social media, people raving about Ozampic, but I didn't know that Ozampic was a shot to the stomach, right? 1500 bucks a week, but it does take off the fat. Now, it just dawned on me right here saying that, why'd they reach out to me? <laughs> <laughs> They reached out to me because I've openly said, man, here we're getting to middle age. And it's like, shit, where this tire's not coming off, right? It's just not, <laughs> it's just not coming off. And they recognized my need to change tires. Let me tell you about this stuff because it's, it is really interesting. And these guys are the, are the pros. It works exceptionally well. And here's how I can tell you 
it works. And so first, let's just kind of start from the stop. Yeah, you know, I told you about the Ozampic stuff. You've heard about all those weight loss injections that that uh, produce all kinds of fast results. What they're really doing is they're just lowering glucose, reducing fat, and curbing appetite. So if your goal and, and look, ladies, if you want to embrace the tire, I'm game. But I got to tell you. I'm at the point in my life, after most all of my life being a finely tuned athlete, I'm looking in the mirror and I'm going, and just tell you the truth, I'm going, fuck. It's just the truth, right? I had to realize I had PUFA. I think some of y'all said there's also FUFA or PUFA. I'm like, wow, it's discouraging, but I'm just telling you the truth. You want a sober freaking revelation? Get a, get a grocery sack. I'm just telling you the truth. Cut holes in it like you're the unknown comic. Put it over your head, stand naked, and look in the mirror. Disassociate your face with your body and take a freaking look. I think when you get to the point that in your mind you go, fuck, I even wouldn't do me. You got a problem. <laughs> it's just true. You got a problem. I'm just being candid with you because here I am, right? My brain or my my thoughts, I still kind of think I'm 20. <laughs> I'm not. But when you look in the mirror, put the bag over your head with eyes and you go, I wouldn't even do me. Something's wrong. So here's what happened, right? These group of doctors, they're fantastic. T. Bracken says over in Rumble, coffee almost came out of my nose. Reminds me of a great joke, but I won't tell it. But anyway. <laughs> so these group of doctors, right? have looked at what's happening there. It's, it's, it's happening there, right? <laughs> People are saying, oh my God, I wouldn't do me either. It's just true. Uh, look, I'm here just to be totally transparent with you. Would you do you? Would you do you? And then you think about some and come on, we all have sexual thoughts, right? Don't lie. It's just the truth. AG AGC Henry says, No, I'm not gay. You lying sack of whack-a-whack. Now I'm not saying you gay, but I guarantee if you're a guy, you've pulled the pud. And that means you've played with a wiener, you stop lying. Oh, my God. Anyway, some people just can't be honest with themselves. Um, so this is, right? So this is. <laughs> Everybody says that. No, no. Come on. Right? A.G. <laughs> Terry says, well, I guess I'm out. <laughs> 
you know how long it took me to shave my fucking palms so that hair wouldn't grow back? Anyway, this is not if you want to lose five pounds or if you want to lose 10 pounds or if you want to lose 15 pounds. It's not. If you want to lose 20 pounds or above, right? Penny, 20 pounds or above, right? I'm sorry, I got distracted by the chat and all the people go, oh my God, I do that a lot. I guess I do have that in me. Anyway, if you want to lose 20 pounds or more, right? Then I suggest you just try this. Just give it a shot. I'm not into shots. I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop putting those stupid ass comments. I can prove to you beyond a shadow of a doubt, you won't fucking go blind. I can prove it. That's an old wives tale. I put it to the test empirically. I'm telling you, I personally pushed the limits. I'm telling you, you will not go blind. Anyway, I'm not going to take any shots in my stomach to lose weight. Just not going to do it. And so the doctors here, right, have created what's called lean. Here's why it's great. The ingredients have shown to help maintain healthy glucose levels. That means they help burn fat by converting fat to energy and they reduce your appetite. Let's see. My belly's going down. I'm a belt loop and a half because that's how I'm measuring it. Which basically is my own body eating up the fat and my appetite is just suppressed. I just kind of don't want it. Bingo, there it's working. So if you struggle to lose weight, the way you deal with this is you got to have healthy glucose levels, burning fat, eating less are the three keys. So add lean to your healthy diet. Exercise program could be a game changer for you. I'm loving it. I'm telling you, I'm going to start you off with a 15% off your first order and and free shipping. Visit takelean.com, enter Jovan15. That's promo code Jovan15 and takelean.com. Very very easy. Did I do a Stevie Wonder? Um, somebody saying that in Rumble. I learned English. I enjoyed English class as a middle schooler because my school teacher, what was his name? Now I'm having a brain fart. Taught us, taught us English by playing us Stevie Wonder Records. I thought it was the greatest stuff in the world. Anyway, as we talk about our rotten-ass government, everything they do is about getting their ways and forcing us unwillingly. Isn't that the Me Too movement? Forcing us unwillingly to participate. Here's an example. Well, behaviors are going to have to change, and this is one thing we're going to, we're asking companies. Uh, you have to force behaviors, and at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors they force everything upon us. Well, why we're sitting here today discussing this McCarthy crap and the need to replace a broken speaker is because they force everything on well, us. Behaviors are going to have to change. And this is one thing we're, going to, we're asking companies. Uh, you have to force behaviors. And at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. And they do it to us. They do force these behaviors, right? They do force these behaviors on us. You have a way to fight back. So let me let me explain to you what kind of goes on here. Let me tell you what goes on here. It's very simple. If you have a retirement account, first off, go to Jovan Loves Gold. Here's, here's how this works. If you have a retirement account, a 401k, et cetera, right? 
literally, literally, these guys get to invest it, and you can't do anything about it. The government has a deal with them, right? The government has a deal with them that they get to invest the money. They take your IRA, your 401k, they invest it in all this woke crap. And that's how they force it down our throats. And you can't even, you cannot even invest your own money. Here's why I do Jovan Loves Gold. You're going to get the free gold code 2023 gold IRA kit Americans are using to protect their retirement savings. Fill out the information, get the kit, get the kit, okay? It's that simple. Get the kit and teach yourself how you have a workaround. I don't know why you wouldn't do it, but I can tell you this. If you and I wanted to destroy a country and we were CIA, we got to make everybody fight. We got to control the media. We got to create diversions all the time. We got to make, you know, every, all of the pricing of anything kind of go through the roof with inflation, right? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> all we have to do is get a hold of the money, counterfeit it, and flood the market. All we have to do is get a hold of the money, counterfeit it, and flood the freaking market and let it crater. And this uh, administration has printed more money, printed more money than all administrations 100 years prior combined. Folks, fill out the information. Okay, fill out the information. Get the free kit, feed your mind, understand what's going on. So at least you have a, a chance. JovanLovesGold.com, JovanLovesGold.com. We do this with Gold Co. Anyway, uh, let's get back to the program. Because, right? Because we have to deal with it. I want to do one thing, though. Um, I love to get people's opinion. I love to have people participate. Um, I just sent a link on Rumble. Heather, if you want to join me on the program, uh, no, health, healthy, sorry, I thought it was Heather, healthy 56. If you want to come on the program and talk out in the open and, and talk about bringing down giants, whatever the case may be, I'm here, right? Uh, we can talk about it. We can talk about Moses, part in the Red River, eh, you know, Red Sea or anything like that you want to do. And so, folks, help uh, Heather find the link, and we'll put her on, and we'll continue this discussion. Anyway, uh, let's get back to the program. Poll watching for voter suppression? That's so 60 years ago, but hey, groovy man. Or you can choose to open your eyes. We've been fighting the same voting rights and integrity crap for over 60 years. The only thing that has changed is now they totally control our elections and technology makes it easier for them. We've been taught to spend our time looking here 
when we really should be looking here and here and here. Watching for voter intimidation? Watch what happened at polling places? Yeah, right. Would you even know an election hack if you saw one? We all know the government tactic of, hey, look over here, folks, when the deception really takes place over here. The GOP brags about 80,000 poll watchers. Again, groovy, man. But so 60 years ago, the problem is we have 175,141 voting precincts. That's an average of one single poll watcher, not even at half of the places people can vote. Not too groovy, is it? Change with the time, folks. Time for a technology and knowledge base upgrade. Quit falling for falling short. Stand up, stand out, and become an election integrity expert. Your county, not country, your county needs you. You have to upgrade to stay ahead. While you're busy challenging an individual voter, the system is stealing and compromising every vote. Remember this quote? I did not see evidence of fraud that would have affected the outcome uh, of the election. Yeah, it's because you keep looking for that one-off bad voter. Or you can save your country and take on the whole corrupt system. Become an election integrity expert. It is everything the system, the deep state, and the uniparty does not want you to know. America is burning down right before our eyes. Grab a fire axe and join the firefight. Fireaxe.academy is an audio and visual-based online training program which will transform you into a real election integrity expert. Learn hundreds of ways our elections are rigged, broken, undermined, and stolen right under our noses. But you can't fix what you have no ideas broken. Being blind and ignorant is exactly what the system wants. Fight the system. Break the system. Become a fire axe and cut through the crap. Or, if we keep pulling ourselves looking here, then there is no way we can stop ourselves from arriving here. You don't need a 60-year-old black and white TV set to see clearly in black and white how our elections are rigged and stolen. Join the fight to save America. Sign up for FireAxe.Academy today. Time is running out. FireAxe.Academy. Okay, folks, we're back. We're talking about this historic, right, this historic vote. First time in history it's happened. I gave you at the beginning of the program, I kind of gave you all the background historically. There's been a vote before, but it didn't pass. There's been suggestions before, but it didn't go to a vote. This is the very first time, the very first time that it has actually been executed. So let's kind of play this out. From what, for what purpose does the, does the gentleman from Florida now seek recognition? Mr. Speaker, pursuant to Clause 2A1 of Rule 9, I rise to give notice of my intent to raise a question of the privileges of the House. The gentleman will state the form of his resolution. Declaring the office of Speaker of the House of Representatives to be vacant. Resolved that the office of Speaker of the House of Representatives is hereby declared to be vacant. Under Rule 9, a resolution offered from the floor by a member other than the majority leader or the minority leader as a question of the privileges of the House has immediate precedence only at a time designated by the chair within two legislative days after the resolution is properly noticed. Pending that designation, the form of the resolution noticed by the gentleman from Florida will appear in the record at this point. The chair will not at this point determine whether the resolution constitutes a question of privilege. That determination will be made at the time designated for consideration of the resolution. 
chair will now continue with one minute speech. For what purpose does the gentleman from New Jersey seek recognition? Okay. So that is what started the process. I explained it to you in the outline at the beginning. That is kind of what for what purpose did the that is what started the process. Now, once that process was started, let's listen to what Matt Gates had to say. Mr. Speaker, my friend from Oklahoma says that my colleagues and I who don't support Kevin McCarthy would plunge the House and the country into chaos. Chaos is Speaker McCarthy. Chaos is somebody who we cannot trust with their word. The one thing that the White House, House Democrats, and many of us on the conservative side of the Republican caucus would argue is that the thing we have in common Kevin McCarthy said something to all of us at one point or another that he didn't really mean and never intended to live up to. I don't think voting against Kevin McCarthy is chaos. I think $33 trillion in debt is chaos. I think that facing a $2.2 trillion annual deficit is chaos. I think that not passing single-subject spending bills is chaos. I think the fact that we have been governed in this country since the mid-90s by continuing resolution and omnibus is chaos. And the way to liberate ourselves from that is a series of reforms to this body that I would hope would outlast Speaker McCarthy's time here would outlast my time here and would outlast either of our majorities. Reforms that I have heard some of the most conservative members of this body uh, fight for and some of the reforms that we've been battling for that I've even heard those in the Democrat caucus say would be worthy and helpful to the House, like open amendments, like understanding what the budget is. We have been out of compliance with budget laws for most of my life, most of many of your lives. And by the way, if we did those things, if we had single-subject bills, if we had an understanding on the top line, if we had open amendments, if we had trust and honesty and understanding, there would be times when my conservative colleagues and I would lose. Might be a few times when we'd win. There'd be times that we would form partnerships that might otherwise not be uh, really predictable in the American body politic, but the American people would see us legislating. These last few days, we've suspended the momentum that we had established the week earlier, where we were bringing bills to the floor, voting on them, staying late at night, working hard. That's what the American people expect. It's something Speaker McCarthy hasn't delivered, and that's why I've moved to vacate the chair. I reserve. So that's the speech he gave. I think he did exceptionally well watching your comments. I think you did too. I do want to tell you, though, most people never, ever get behind the scenes when the microphones aren't on. Oh, you know, look, Matt's done a wonderful job, but I think it's incumbent upon me to really bring you the true scuttlebutt that goes on on the floor. Because there is true scuttlebutt that goes on on the floor. I, 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 I'm just going to expose it to you. Here you go. You may have to cover your ears, but this is the 
true scuttlebutt that goes on on the floor. Son, what does a gopher build? Can you say it? Well, who knows? A really rich doctor said you were a bummer. And I think you don't know algebra. No, we're talking science, bud. The science of what? Is that a tiger? One of your friends promised me I could flick you in your face. Absolutely, you may not do that. Hit him in his cringy smirk, for real. Say any cereal name. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. You're like people in the 12th century. Why'd he say it like that? You're a formulated He's pickle popper. He's a storm cloud. I don't like you, dude. And there's a tiger. Oh, that's it. You two guys sent the tiger. What? I didn't know. Not me. What I mean, tiger? That's just, I mean, that is reprehensible. Okay, yeah. Okay, Brad, I'm a horrible person. Brad, I'll report you to Nadine. I just want your leg bones to be okay. I brought the tiger. Really, you got somebody on the organ now? Hey, man, you're gonna pay for dinner. You're gonna drink no. That's called bad lip reading. They do a incredible job of just reading the lips of what could be said just for fun. Let me play that one more time. <laughs> Watch their lips. It goes with the word. Son, what does a gopher build? Can you say it? Well, who knows? A really rich doctor said you were a bummer. And I think you don't know algebra. No, we're talking science, bud. The science of what? Is that a tiger? One of your friends promised me I could flick you in your face. Absolutely, you may not do that. Hit him in his cringy smirk, for real. Say any cereal name. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. You're like people in the 12th century. Why'd he say it like that? You're a formulated He's pickle popper. That. He's a storm cloud. I don't like you, dude. And there's a tiger. Oh, that's it. You two guys sent the tiger. What? I didn't know. Not, not me. What I mean, tiger? That's just, I mean, that is reprehensible. Okay, yeah. Okay, Brad, I'm a horrible person. Brad, I'll report you to Nadine. I just want your leg bones to be okay. I brought the tiger. Really, you got somebody on the organ now? Hey, man, you're gonna pay for dinner. You're gonna drink no. I love that. I will drag that over to my telegram for all of you. I just thought we'd have a nice break, laugh at it a little bit, because if we weren't laughing, we'd be crying. But here's the vote, how it came down. The yeas are 216. The nays are 210. The resolution is adopted. Without objection, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table. The Office of Speaker of the House of the United States House of Representatives is hereby. It's vacated. Um, as this session got to call out, I think it's easy. We've talked about a rhino. Have you ever seen a pissed off rhino? Chair declares the House in recess subject to the call of the chair. <laughs> do you think that little fellow right there was pissed off a bit do you, do you think he was kind of pissed off that his buddy got voted out 
<laughs> I just think that's kind of hilarious, right? Very kind of hilarious. Okay, here's the scuttlebutt. So when did you make this decision? Well, 11 people threw us into disarray. Uh, they didn't have a plan uh, going in, and now we'll see who steps up uh, is interested in running. I think there's, there's a lot to be uh, seen over the next few days because there's so much at stake right now uh, between an unsecured U.S.-Mexico border, between our national debt, deficit, spending, uh, the inflationary environment that the Biden administration has put us in, the Biden administration's war on energy. Uh, we've, we've allowed 11 people to create a major distraction to the working American people. It's not about Speaker McCarthy. It's a personal, it's a personal thing. What he's done is un he undermined the entire conference and took away our leverage. In the next 42 days, and we're supposed to be here to work on these appropriation bills, Republicans need to learn to stick together, and we need to learn that we've got to fight the Senate Democrats, not each other, who want to get something done, including securing our borders. Now, I don't get why she's saying it took away our leverage. I'm not sure we've had any leverage. Have, have you noticed any leverage? I've seen a hell of a lot of spending going on, right? I've seen dim after dim after dim get what they want. I haven't seen any hold to accountability subpoenas or whatever. So how did we give away our leverage? Here's uh, comments by ABC. It seems very personal with Matt. He, he, it doesn't look like he's looking out for the country or the institution. If you throw a speaker out that has 99% of their conference that kept government open and paid the troops, I think we're in a really bad place for how we're going to run Congress. I have made no deal with Democrats because I believe that Democrats should vote against Kevin McCarthy for free. It's Kevin McCarthy who's out there offering deals to Democrats. So if there's a deal made with Democrats, the only deal is, is to make one with McCarthy because I'm not offering anything and won't offer anything. And by the way, you, if the Democrats want to own Kevin McCarthy, they can have it. Because one thing I'm at peace with is when we stand here uh, a week from now, I won't own Kevin McCarthy anymore. He won't, he won't belong to me. So if the Democrats want to adopt him, they can adopt well, him. You're the challenge is going to be within the Republican Party tonight. They have to do some soul searching. Uh, they have, as a result, have allowed the MAGA wing of the Republican Party to create a stronghold over them. It's even what Kevin McCarthy said in his statement by saying he has 99% of his caucus in his favor. It's just the 1% who did not favor him. Think about that, Kana. 1% of his caucus can put not only the speakership to become vacant, but to hold the business of the House in peril and to paralyze it without going forward. That is very powerful. And it so I may have lost a vote today, but as I walk out of this chamber, I feel fortunate to have served the American people. The MAGA wing of the party, just 1% of them did this. And, you know, you have to understand when the liberal media takes the side saying, well, it's the extremist. I tend to believe what happened was very good for us. You're right. People all 2000 said a rumble. 1% sounds good to me. You're damn right. It sounds good. And it's what should have been going on. And the politicians just want business as usual. Now, I love Janine Pirro on Fox, Judge Janine. 
but here's her take on it. First of all, we're without a speaker. This is historic. Something like this hasn't happened in well over 100 years. And now what we've got is total chaos when the Republicans are playing out their infighting on national television in a historic way instead of fighting Joe Biden's policies. The one time we are up in virtually every metric as it relates to the Biden administration, you've got the Republicans going out there and showing how dysfunctional they are as Matt Gates is engaging in fundraising. And I got to tell you something. I am furious. There's no question that this is something that they have been trying to do for almost nine months that McCarthy's been speaker. And the truth is that they've done a lot in Congress. They've got a lot of bills passed. The fact that the Senate doesn't want to take them. They've done a lot in terms of oversight. And, you know, now you've got the Democrats. This is a crazy thing. Democrats who hate the MAGA Republicans are now joining with the MAGA Republicans to oust uh, Speaker McCarthy. This is like the devil is in the middle of all of this chaos. And Donald Trump is right. Why are the Republicans fighting with each other like this? Tough one. And yes, I've always said it. Republicans are brutal on each other, right? Absolutely brutal. Right now, in the midst, you can watch it on my Twitter. Somebody who's not a forensic auditor using my work to claim they're a forensic auditor, following my process saying they're a forensic auditor, at the same time saying it was all fake in Arizona. Yeah, we have a problem of infighting and crap. But it's usually when people get in and are doing political stuff, trying to wedge their way into the process. Judge Janine said, we're up in every metric. Here's the metric, I think. Are our gas prices better? Is it easier to get a loan? Is our food prices going down? Are we energy independent again? Do we believe that the government's taking care of our interest? What metrics? that we're up in. I'm going to play that again. First of all, we're without a speaker. This is historic. Something like this hasn't happened in well over 100 years. And now what we've got is total chaos when the Republicans are playing out their infighting on national television in a historic way instead of fighting Joe Biden's policies. The one time we are up in virtually every metric as it relates to the Biden administration, you've got the Republicans going out there and showing how... The one, the one time... I take it as, I take it as she's saying that we're up, we're doing well. Am, am I misreading it? Some of you saying that Levin came out against this as well. Well, I just have a question for you. I know all the people that have been on television for a decade or more, part of the system, getting their back scratched and praised in the system for supporting the system. Do I really care what a pundit who's been on TV, whether I like them or not, or think they're smart or not, when something like this happens, telling us we're all wrong? 
I mean, there's talking points. But isn't that the problem? We've just been fucking talking points too damn long. And now we want action fucking points. You know a metric I like? I like a metric of sending a fucking signal to the politicians. You work for the fucking people or I'm going to kick your ass out. I think it's really nice if we're the minority now that that like this, the 1%. Hasn't the 1% on the left been yanking our fucking chain for so long and swinging us? I am entirely glad if the 1% that really wants to save America is now making a difference and standing up and saying, fuck you, hit the road. Does that make me wrong, make me bad? I'm not a political insider. I'm a political fucking victim, and I'm tired of it. Here's Bannon. Jordan and Comer, their constituents should call their office and ask a simple question. Didn't Kevin McCarthy's guys, didn't Kevin McCarthy's lawyers restrict you from sending out any subpoenas? Matt Gates had had me subpoenaed Hunter Biden. You haven't done anything. And as Natalie Winters so, so um, brilliantly said this morning, that this is not the managed decline of the country, this is the accelerated decline, and that all of these, all of these hearings are performative. And she actually thinks, hey, I think it was done on purpose so you don't get that muzzle velocity you get that you need on something, and now nothing's scheduled. Am I wrong? But we know politics is broken. We know politics as is, is usual is shit. We know they're not working for us. But aren't some complaining about, well, you're disrupting the system. And it's a bit confusing. Help me here. How Steve starts out, how he ends is different, but how he starts out, I'm not sure I get some of this. Jordan and Comer, their constituents should call their office and ask a simple question. Didn't Kevin McCarthy's guys, didn't Kevin McCarthy's lawyers restrict you from sending out any subpoenas? Matt Gates said he hadn't even subpoenaed Hunter Biden. You haven't done anything. And as Natalie Winters so, so um, brilliantly said this morning, that this is not the managed decline of the country. This is the accelerated decline. And that all of See, people are focusing on what's right. When these guys should have been really doing their subpoenas and stuff and getting on. They didn't. But why didn't they? Because the attorneys, same thing that happened in Arizona, the attorneys wouldn't let it be done. And the speakers didn't have enough cojones to say, screw you, I'm doing what's right for the people. Jordan and Comer, their constituents should call their office and ask a simple question. Didn't Kevin McCarthy's guys, didn't Kevin McCarthy's lawyers restrict you from sending out any subpoenas? Matt Gates said he hadn't even subpoenaed Hunter Biden. You haven't done anything. And as Natalie Winters so, so um, brilliantly said this morning, that this is not the managed decline of the country, this is the accelerated decline, and that all of these all of these hearings are performative. And she actually thinks, hey, I think it was done on purpose 
So you don't get that muzzle velocity you get that you need on something, and now nothing's scheduled. The principal reasons for this, we have put up on the show time and time and time again, and it showed that the audience understood it, and people and their constituents back home understood it. 202-225-3121. Find out if your member that represents you is part of the hard eight. And even the ones, Corey Mills and those guys have voted to, to, make, to, get, the, to get this, to, to stop the, uh, the motion table. They get kind of an attaboy. At least they were there for part of the journey. But I would ask them why you were not there for the whole journey. But for the others, nope, sorry. You've had all the evidence in front of you. And, and, and I'll be brutally frank. The arguments for... McCarthy to stay were just nothing more than the nomenclature and mumbo jumbo and gaslighting. We've accomplished more. He's done more. Oh, we've passed HR two. You had the votes and HR. Where's HR two? Then even when you put it in your even when you put it in your CR, you took out E-Verify. You've done nothing. We have every opportunity now to choke down DHS and to do something, take action. Sequester money, fight, fight, fight to secure the southern border. Day. You've done nothing. You've gone down for a couple of optics, and then you pass some bill. They don't. They don't enforce the law today. On the financial side, and they're sitting there four trillion dollars. Will you stop? All that's in the out years. It never happens. Oh, we had more. You no, know, the biggest budget cut. We don't buy it anymore because we do the math, and you got to send up smarter people than Graves and McHenry to sell it. Because they're just not smart enough, they're just not tough enough, and they're just not good enough, and they got fired today along with McCarthy. Now, hey, if you don't think that they're plotting right now about their comeback, and I mean putting Kevin McCarthy right back up and calling our bluff and saying, okay, tough guys, you got us, but Fox all night long, oh, these are Democrats, this is eight radicals that sided with Democrats to remove a guy that's accomplished so much. Just watch, Fox is going to be, all systems go on this. All systems go. Bannon's right. Nailed it right on the head. And they've already started saying, well, they didn't have a plan. This is ill-advised. This is crap. This is whatever. And don't think they're ever going to give up because they're never going to give up. But, and they're planning already and they have this plan. Look, they're going to back up. They're not going to be exposed by anything. So it's still going to be a fight. It's not done. It's not fate to complain. But some people you would think would fight for what's right and kind of stand there fighting for what's right, all of a sudden kind of come out and say, no, I, I was with McCarthy. The amount of uh, people that we have in our coalition here who have joined, uh, certainly we see some new names that we did not see in, uh, in January for the speaker's voice who or vote who have had enough. All right, so I'm going to give the people a little bit of uh, inner circle stuff. I was texting you earlier today, and I said, you know, I'm worried about siding with Democrats. This is my concern. Right. I don't think it's going to go through. Had that led you, anyway, not my text to you, but had that led you or your belief of why you voted uh, no on vacating the seat? 
Uh, yes, really, it's all about timing. Certainly, I don't want the Democrats to have an upper hand. Uh, I didn't want them cutting more deals with Kevin McCarthy. We, we've heard about the Ukraine deal and uh, tied with the southern border with Joe Biden, the secret deal uh, that was made. And certainly, I didn't want an opportunity for more of those, um, but also just the timing. I want the federal government funded. I want to get through this appropriations process. And it was probably going to be unsuccessful, um, given that Kevin McCarthy was so desperate for a continuing resolution. But I was willing to give that amount of time to say, we tried it. We got our bills through the House, and then he still went with a continuing resolution. Nevertheless, um, even though I didn't think that it was time to remove him today, I do believe that it was the right vote. I'm very proud of Matt Gates and my other colleagues who stood firm with him and voted to vacate the chair. And uh, I certainly am frustrated by the broken promises, the secret deals and failed leadership. And time and time again, we have seen legislation come to the floor that the majority of Republicans do not support. But that may all be over with now because Grant, there is a GOP conference meeting happening right now where Kevin McCarthy just told our conference he does not plan to run for speaker again. I'm trying to reconcile, even though I didn't think it was time now, that I think this is really great and got done and it was the right thing. Did you catch that? Even though I don't think the time was right now. I still support the vote and think it was the right thing. It, it really makes no sense to me because now I'm trying really hard to pay attention to what some of these guys say. Here's more. Well, I think the first thing to point out is these people who kicked out Kevin don't have a plan B. You'll recall when John Boehner was kicked out about eight years ago, they had no plan B, and it took about a month of begging Paul Ryan to take the job. Now we're right in the middle of the budget hunt. We need a speaker so desperately, and the more I think about it, I don't think everybody else, anybody else wants the job right now. The speaker is a very difficult job. I think it's about a 110-hour-a-week job, running all over the country, not seeing your family, uh, putting up with all a bunch of quite frankly, malcontents who blame you for their unhappiness. Yeah, I know that little, that clip's a little low in sound, but they're painting everybody as malcontents. Faction out there not doing it. Now when we're in a budget hunt, you're not looking for the money. The money's there. You got to cut all the shit out. How can you be in a budget fucking hunt when you have $125 billion going to the Ukraine? What the fuck are you hunting for? Here's mainstream media take on Gates right after it happened. Congressman Gates, if not McCarthy, then... ...the House of Representatives today. To whose benefit? People have called you a narcissist. People say that is to your benefit alone. Is it to the benefit of you and to Donald Trump? It's the benefit of this country that we have a better Speaker of the House than Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy couldn't keep his word. He made an agreement in January regarding the way Washington would work, and he violated that agreement. 
We are $33 trillion in debt. We are facing $2.2 trillion annual deficits. We face a de-dollarization globally that will crush Americans, working class Americans. Kevin McCarthy is a feature of the swamp. He has risen to power by collecting special interest money and redistributing that money in exchange for favors. Uh, we are breaking the fever now, and we should elect a speaker who's better. So if not Kevin McCarthy, then who? Then who? You said last night that Steve Scalise was a name that you floated to potentially be speaker. Where do things stand right now? If not McCarthy, then who? Well, uh, you know, the stages of grief, I think, are uh, in progress right now. Now with some of my colleagues, I think there was a stage of denial, and I've certainly experienced a good amount of their anger, and now we appear to be headed toward bargaining. I think the world of Steve Scalise, I think he'd make a phenomenal speaker. We've got less than 45. I'm afraid of $33 trillion in debt crushing the working people in my district. I'm afraid of the dollar losing its status as the global reserve currency. If they want to expel me, let me know when they have the Has vote. Forty-five days left before we, Sorry, go we've got less than 45 days left before you have to pass a budget, which is something that you've been wanting to do. Doesn't this just completely paralyze the House? I mean, we could see 15 more rounds. I don't think we will. Uh, I think Kevin McCarthy should take a hint. After 15 ballots to become speaker, after eight months of a failed speakership, and after removal uh, in this historic manner, I think we should move on and find somebody else. What's paralyzed the House of Representatives has been the failure of Speaker McCarthy. What paralyzed the House of Representatives was not taking up appropriations bills. We left for a six-week vacation while the appropriations process hung in the balance. And because I forced these people to take a few votes, you think I'm paralyzing the House of Representatives? I think the House of Representatives has been paralyzed for the last several decades as we've refused to pass a budget, as we've governed by continuing resolution and omnibus bill. So I think that this represents the ripping off of the Band-Aid, and that's what we need to do to get back on track. How do you pass anything if 200 Republicans, how do you pass anything? to your colleagues? who argue you don't have another name right now. You don't have someone else who could get 218 votes. What do you tell those people? Well, I would tell them that for certain, Kevin McCarthy can't get 218 votes. So let's try the next person. How do you pass something with, with, with pro tem, obviously? Uh, there would have to be a, a real meeting of the minds there. Congressman Gates, how do you pass something if there's sorry, 200, if had there's had 200 Republicans? Else has another question. Are you going to ask for uh, a guarantee from whoever is the, or, uh, floated as a candidate for the next speaker for them? to actually move the appropriations process along in a speed that satisfies you? Yes. Congressman, at this Sir, point, will you be what? putting yourself forward for the speakership? Absolutely not. I have no desire to be Speaker of the House. How do you pass, Congressman, with, with all due respect, how do you pass something if you don't have 200 Republicans behind you? I know we've already asked about names, but what about Emmer and others? I think the world of Tom Emmer. He'd make a great speaker. Congressman, are you going to Have you spoken with Scalise? Have you spoken with Emmer? Uh, I've spoken with them, but I'll probably keep our conversations between us. Congressman, take the speaker to ben, What was going through your head when the vote gaveled down and it was official McCarthy wasn't speaker? Just, we we got to move to the next step. You know, we, we are not at the end of this process, okay? At, at most, we're approaching halftime. Uh, we've got to be able to assemble a governing coalition. We have to build from a place of trust. The reason Kevin McCarthy went down today is because nobody trusts Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy has made multiple contradictory promises, and when they all came due, he lost, he lost votes of people who maybe don't even ideologically agree with me on everything. Take, for example, my colleague from South Carolina, Ms. Mace. She's, she has different views than I do on a variety of subjects, but what we had in common Kevin McCarthy lied to but all of us. Congressman, hold on a second. You're, talking, you're saying that nobody trusts Kevin McCarthy, but you're talking about 
including yourself, about seven Republicans compared to about 200 and, and, and about, you know, some odd Republicans who actually do trust him. So can you kind of explain yes. that here? Well, Square. as it turns out, getting 200 Republicans to trust you isn't enough to Wait, stay speaker. Compared to Congress, seven at this Republicans point, at this point, Have you, you spoken to former any... President Trump about this since the ousting? Was he supportive of, the, of what you were doing? Uh, I have spoken to President Trump over the last several days. The ousting only occurred several minutes ago, so we haven't spoken during former that. President Trump, though, put on, he put on Truth Social that he didn't think this was a good idea. He didn't want to see Republicans fighting with other Republicans. How do you respond to the former president? Uh, I, I, would, uh, I would say that... Uh, my conversations with the former president leave me with great confidence that I'm doing the right thing. Did the former president call you today? Did the former president call you today? Who are concerned about the future of the conservative agenda and the House GOP? Uh, I would say that the conservative agenda was being paralyzed by Speaker McCarthy. We hadn't even sent an, a subpoena to Hunter Biden. Our oversight was lackluster. Our spending priorities were misaligned. The top line budget was going to lead to more inflation, more debt, more challenges. So the best way to advance the conservative agenda is to move forward with a new speaker. Are you what is the end game? Are you going to require that any future speaker elected allows the motion to vacate to stay at a one-person threshold? Yes. Congressman, Gates, would you considering that Steve Scalise votes in line with Speaker McCarthy most of the time, why should he want the job after this just happened? Well, that's a question for him, I guess, he's not me. He said he's uninterested. He's already said. Oh, I haven't heard him say that. No, no, no. He's already what has he said to you? Well, here's what I would say. Here's what I say. I think a lot of members are going to reflect on their thinking after this historic moment. I think anything that people have said before the McCarthy ouster uh, is probably uh, bearing less weight than the way people may be thinking about these questions after the McCarthy well, ouster. What is the end game? Comments about Steve Scalise yesterday mm -hmm. and today. Mm -hmm. Will you yourself nominate Steve Scalise for Speaker of the House? Maybe. I, I want to see. I want to hear from him. I mean, I I'm not here to make a judgment on where Mr. Scalise stands with his rehabilitation and recovery. I I would give him the deference to be able to decide whether or not he'd like to put himself forward as a candidate. But he'd be the type of person that I could I could see myself supporting. I really like the way Matt gets handled that gave everybody a chance, gave everybody focus. And I like the way he answered Melanie in Texas on Gitter had the best quote as I'm watching him talk. And here's the deal. And it's very true. Interventions are never easy. God bless Matt Gates. Intervention. Folks, that's what this is. This is an intervention. And interventions are hard, traumatic, painful, Here's McCarthy of how he summed it up. I'm going to play it in totality. Good evening, all. You know, President Abraham Lincoln once said, I'm an optimist because I don't see any other way. I really hate when they do that, trying to tie themselves to historical figures. Although I have to give... McCarthy credit, he is now in the history books as the first one to be given their fucking walking papers. Good evening, all. You know, President Abraham Lincoln once said, I'm an optimist because I don't see any other way. If you ever come to my office, you'll see the portraits of Lincoln and 
Reagan. And I firmly believe if Reagan gave us advice, he would say, if you believe your principles bring people greater freedom, you should be happy about it. I've always been, I've always been excited that I've been a happy conservative. But I've always believed that I've been so fortunate to be an American. My journey to this office was something people wouldn't understand. I grew up in a town of Bakersfield, California, the son of a firefighter, the grandson of immigrants. Parents worked hard, the youngest in my family. Didn't have great wealth and got out of high school, I didn't have great grades. Couldn't get a scholarship, went to community college. Flipped cars to try to pay my way through it. Went to visit some buddies away in college for a weekend, stopped at the grocery store to cash a check, and I won the lottery. One of the first in California. It was before Biden economics. It was only 5,000, but it went much further back then. Took my folks to dinner, put the majority of the rest of the money into the stock market, and did pretty well. The next semester, I took a break from school. I went to buy a franchise, but no one said they would sell me one. I was only 20 years old. But I learned then never to give up. So I opened my own business, selling sandwiches. Three things I learned. First to work, last to leave, last to be paid. I wanted to finish my college degree. At that time, no one in my family had finished a four-year degree. I did pretty well. I now had enough money that I could pay my way through school as long as I went to Cal State. So I sold my business, going to school. I opened up the local paper and said, be a summer intern in Washington, D.C. with my local congressman. I did not know this man, but I thought he'd be lucky to have me, so I applied. And you know what he did? He turned me down. But you want to know the end of the story? I got elected to a seat I couldn't get an internship for. I ended up being the 55th Speaker of the House, one of the greatest honors. I loved every minute. And the one thing I will tell you is doing the right thing isn't always easy, but it is necessary. I don't regret standing up for choosing governing over grievance. It is my responsibility. It is my job. I do not regret negotiating. Our government is designed to find compromise. I don't regret my efforts to build coalitions and find solutions. I was raised to solve problems, not create them. So I may have lost a vote today, but as I walk out of this chamber, I feel fortunate to have served the American people. I leave the speakership with a sense of pride, accomplishment, and yes, optimism. From the day I entered politics, my mission has always been to make tomorrow better than today. I fought for what I believe in, and I believe in this country of America. My goals have not changed. My ability to fight is just in a different form. You need two 18s. Unfortunately, 4% of our conference can join all the Democrats and dictate who can be the Republican speaker in this House. I don't think that rule is good for the institution, but apparently I'm the only one. I believe I can continue to fight, maybe in a different manner. I will not run for speaker again. I'll have the conference pick somebody else. I hope you realize that every day I did the job, regardless whether you underestimated me or not, I wanted to do it with a smile. I grew to enjoy you, even on your toughest days and your questions. 
I could always tell what day it was based upon your question. Monday, you would ask if I could pass the bill. Tuesday was whether the rule would pass. Wednesday was the greatest challenge ever to my speakership. And Thursday, when we passed the bill, you didn't think it was a very big deal. And it all started again on Friday. You know, I wouldn't change a thing. Um, I do believe, I got a new portrait in there too of Teddy Roosevelt. You all know the man in the arena, one of my favorite parts of it, who errors, who comes up short again and again, but there is no effort without error and shortcoming. Who spends himself in a worthy cause, who knows the triumph of high achievement, and if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly. I always like to take a risk. Saturday, I took a risk for the American public. Regardless what anybody says, no one knew whether that would pass. The Democrats didn't want that bill. Yes, they pull a fire alarm. Yes, they do their conga line. Yes, they wanted to delay. But it was all for the American people. I could not look the troops in the eye and say I would not pay them. For those who spoke on the floor, I thank them for their positive talks. I don't know what those who voted against and said there was some deal, they were never a part of any deal. For those who said about what we accomplished, I'm proud of what we accomplished, from the Parents' Bill of Rights to our energy bill. But if they want to hold me liable because the Senate didn't take it up or the President didn't take it up, that's politics for what I know. But the one thing I do know, this country is too great for small visions of those eight. To any child that are listening and who are coming to visit the Capitol, this is a place I want you to visit. I liked opening the Capitol back up again. I liked taking away the metal detectors. I liked committees being able to work. I liked people being able to visit. I hope you liked being able to be back in. I think it was important that, that members actually show up to work as well. You know, to paraphrase Lou Gehrig, he said, I might have been given a bad break, but I truly still consider myself to be the luckiest man on the face of the earth. There's no other country that you could rise to be the 55th speaker, not get an internship, and be able to fight for the American public. So it was my greatest honor to be able to do it. I love my conference well. I love to be able to ability. I've been a part of a the leadership team for quite some time. We won two majorities. As leader, I'm proud of the fact we only gained races, only gained seats. I'm proud of the fact, as a Republican leader, we elected more women. We elected more minorities. We expanded the base. I'm proud of the fact that for the five years I had a leader, two election cycles, we gained five more seats in California, five more in New York. We won in places no one thought we could win. The same thing you would underestimate me. You always said we'd lose each time around. We kept gaining. I intend to make sure that we gain and keep the majority in the next cycle as well. With that, I look forward to your positive questions. Yes. I felt it was important for everybody to see that. Granted, it was 
probably what one of the most excruciating self-fellations we've ever observed. But I think the most important part to come out of his speech is I wouldn't have done anything different. And I think, Mr. McCarthy, the reason you were handed your ass is exactly because you refused to do anything different. And for such a great leader to never, ever talk about the Constitution kind of bugs me. But that's politics, as you said. And you said nothing about the state of the people. What the people need, what the people want to see done. And sir, after that self-fellation, I can tell you right there in front of everybody else, you didn't miss a drop. Folks, I'm headed over to locals. Let's talk about this fake FBI document. I did a narration for you. So I'm hopping over there now. And let's continue the conversation for today. Today's history. By the way, we're supposed to have this big whoop de doo October 4th. The aliens come. They zap your bodies. Everybody falls on the sidewalk. I'm sure I'll not only see you later on. I'm sure I'll see you tomorrow. Hop over to Locals. Most people are afraid to stand up and speak out, but not you. You've been learning how to tell the system to cut the crap. What can I do to help save the America I love? And the answer is, learn how to fight back and tell the system to cut the crap. Cut the crap's not just a radio program, it's a movement. The right kind of movement, which breaks free the conservative constipation and reminds you that you are the majority, and we're just not going to take it anymore. Make sure you're following Joe Bon Hunt and Pulitzer on all social media. See you next week, and between now and then, take a stand and tell them all to cut the crap. 260 million of you shop here weekly. And did you know you spend about $1,400 each year? Two and a half million of you shop here daily, and you give them $1,000 each year. Combined, that's a half a trillion dollars annually. And you think it's the American way to shop? Think again. Your hard-earned money is being funneled to bad organizations. The consumable products you buy, well, they're washing America down the drain. Think about where you spend your money. Folks, we have to save America from socialism. We need to make the woke go broke. First things first, and that's America first. 
You need to follow the money. You need to follow your money and make the woke go broke. So I will show you how to save America from socialism. Go to makewokegobroke.click. Yes, dot click. Makewokegobroke.click. Makewokegobroke.click and do it now. Jovan HuttonPulitzer.locals.com is the only place a true patriot can stay informed, free of charge, without censorship. Over 18.5 million plays, it's Jovan Hutton Pulitzer. It's absolutely a government triangulation. They are literally putting Mike Lindell in the crosshairs. They get to choose 250 ballots of their choosing. Now you have the facts and the information to educate them and to open their eyes to what really happened. Even I had no idea how dirty they play this game of censorship until I lost my social media. If you consider yourself to be a true patriot, it would be a crime not to visit JovanHuttonPulitzer.locals.com today. I guarantee you. You will absolutely be the smartest patriot in the room. You're still looking good. I'm still feeling good. You know, I've got all your my pillow products: mattress topper, bed sheets, my pillows, towels, slippers, blankets, sleepwear. Dog whoa, bed. whoa, Charles! Everyone now can get my pillow products at huge discounts at mypillow.com. That's right. Now's the time to go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to take advantage of our three-in-one sale. We're bringing you exciting new products, overstock specials, and closeout deals you won't find anywhere else. For example, when you buy one of our brand new MyPillow 2.0s, you get another one absolutely free. And with our overstock sale, you save 50% on our luxurious Giza Dream bed sheets. That's as low as $29.99 for the best sheets ever. And with our biggest closeout special, you get our all-season slippers for only $35 or our sandals and slides for just $25. Quantities are limited, and once they're gone, they're gone. 260 million of you shop here weekly. And did you know you spend about $1,400 each year? Two and a half million of you shop here daily, and you give them $1,000 each year. Combined, that's a half a trillion dollars annually. And you think it's the American way to shop? think again. Your hard-earned money is being funneled to bad organizations. The consumable products you buy, well, they're washing America down the drain. Think about where you spend your money. Folks, we have to save America from socialism. We need to make the woke go broke. First things first, and that's America first. 
You need to follow the money. You need to follow your money and make the woke go broke. So I will show you how to save America from socialism. Go to makewokegobroke.click. Yes, dot click. Makewokegobroke.click. Makewokegobroke.click and do it now.